You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, happy Mother's Day. Happy, happy Mother's Day. We pray God's blessings on you today in a special special way. I'm so excited about the message today. I've just, I've been beside myself. I've been working on this for, for several, several weeks. I've just seen some real direction in our life for, from the first three questions in the Bible. The title of today's message is the first three questions. Turn to Genesis chapter 3 verse 9 and chapter 4 verse 9 where we see the first three questions that are in the Bible. You know, we talk often here about the, the similarities or the comparison between the Bible and an, and, and an owner's manual that you would get. Anytime you buy anything today with any moving parts, you, it comes with an owner's manual. And it is written by the one that made that piece of equipment. And that owner's manual tells you in great detail, a long list, you don't do this, you do this. You don't do this, you do this. You don't do this, you do this. And, and, and a p- piece of equipment that, that you plug into 110 volts. Yes, it is your piece of equipment. Yes, it's nobody's business. And yes, you can plug it into 220 if you want to. And here's what will happen. It'll whirl really, really, really fast at a high, high speed for a very short time, and then it'll explode. That's what'll happen. You know, it's just a deception. It's a, it's a lie to think it's my life. I can do it like I want with no consequences. When, when you do it like you want then you're going to need counseling and therapy and help. When you explode, your life will crash when you ignore the owner's manual. And, and I believe that it's our job as pastors of this church, it's what we do is we read the owner's manual to you. You do this, this works. You don't do this because this won't work. Uh, I just want to ask you, don't criticize us on Twitter. Don't say the church is judgmental. Don't say that we are non-accepting down there at that church. I didn't say it. I just read the owner's manual to you. I'm not intolerant. I just told you what the owner's manual said. Thou shalt not plug thy blender into thy 220-volt plug. Thou shalt not plug thy blender into 220 plug. Because you blow the thing up. That's not being judgmental. It, it is your choice. And you're completely right. It's your life and it's your choice. But if you want peace, if you want joy, if you want to live a blessed life, if you want life to work for you, here's a list of things you do. And here's a list of things you don't. And you do them every day all the time. Here, you, the, you just never do this. Not on a holiday. Not on a special event. Well, it's my birthday. I'm going today with a bunch of my friends, and I'm just going to celebrate. I'm going to put grape juice in my gas tank in my car. Well, it's not judgmental on my part. It's not intolerant on my part. I'm not outdated. That won't work. 
I don't care if it is your birthday and you and your friends are going to do that. That won't work for you. And, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry for all of the young people today that just see the church so black and white. It's just so black and white. Well, it's pretty black and white. If you plug your blender in 110, it works. If you plug it in 220, it doesn't work. And that's just kind of black and white. That's just the way it is. Uh, the day you turn 18, the day you move out, yeah, you can put grape juice in your gas tank if you want to. You, you can drive your car out in the middle of the lake and put a lawn chair on the hood and fish off of it. Just have you a big time. But here's what you need to know. The church will still be here. Whenever you need a ride back out of the lake, we'll still be reading an owner's manual that's outdated, judgmental, intolerant, and you can use that to get your life back on track, and the church will still be here preaching that same message that just works. It just works. As we open our owner's manual today, we see the first three questions in the Bible are a real key to our life. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, and Genesis chapter 4, verse 9. Question number one, in the garden, God asked Adam, where are you? Underline that question, where are you? Question number two, when Cain kills Abel, in chapter 4, verse 9, the next question, where is your brother? Underline that question, question number two. The third question we read in the Bible is in that same verse, am I my brother's keeper? Okay, underline that verse. The title of today's message is the first three questions. As we open our owner's manual in chapter 1, verse 1, we read a, a little bit about the building of life. We read about the reason for life. The reason being that God found no man to tend the garden. I mean, it's just like reading the, blend, the, the owner's manual from your blender. The creator saw no quick and easy way to mix a smoothie, so the creator made a blender. God saw nobody to tend the ground, so he made us. Nobody to take care of the garden, nobody to take care of life here, so created us. Then we begin to turn the pages and begin to read the instruction manual on how this is to work. If you do this, you get long life, you'll, it'll work good for you. If you don't do this, you're going to have trouble with it. The first three questions in our owner's manual are real keys to us living the blessed life. If you've taken notes today, write this down. The first three questions are the key to life. The first three questions are the key to living life. As we read, God created all this. It's not very specific, it's not very detailed, but it's just a profound fact that this era in history is missing. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God, and then God created all of this. Contrary to what's taught today, in the beginning, we just happened here, and then we created a God because we needed a crutch. You know, we're weak people and you just need a crutch, and so man created God. Well, that's just not the order of the way this happened. That's not the order. In the beginning was God, and then God created us. And God, in his creation, he provided us with a choice to love him and to follow him. Man chose disobedience. We know the story. Man chose sin. 
And the first question in the Bible, God asked, where are you? Now, this is a very interesting question, and I don't know if you've ever pondered that. You know, the Bible talks, we read the Word, and we need to read the Word. But the Bible also talks about meditating the Word. Meditating the Word. And I'll read a half of one sentence, and I'll think about it all day long. I, just, I, I drive my tractor, whatever I'm doing, I think about that one sentence all day long. And this is very interesting. An omnipowerful God, an omnipresent God, who's everywhere all the time, omnipresent God, a God who sees the end from the beginning, a God who holds the universe in the palm of his hand, is now losing at hide-and-seek. Where are you? I can't find you. Adam, come out. I can't find I've been looking everywhere, but I can't find you. Where are you? I mean, have you thought about that? God's losing and hiding, seek, and he's starting to cry out, where are you? You know, in life, questions are often asked as a teaching tool. The teacher in the second grade asked the class a question, not because she doesn't know the answer. She asked the question to see if you know the answer. And the truth is, I talk to people, and you do too, all the time, I'm on a daily basis, that don't know where they are. They just flat don't have a clue. The husband doesn't know where he is. It's his, wife, it's his wife's fault. It's this. It's that. He don't know where he is. It's the wife. I mean, she's here, and she sees no fault on her. She doesn't know where she is. I mean, it's the boss's fault, it's the school's fault, it's the principal's fault. Well, it's the economy. Remember, you see it all the time. Kid get kicked out of school, and the parent don't know where their kid is. This flat doesn't know. I mean, the, the, the wife left you, and you don't have a clue where you are. You still don't know where you are. You got fired from this job, and you don't know where you are. You're broke. You're broke. And you don't know where you are? Just keep on charging, keep on charging, keep on... Wait a minute, do you know where you are? The first step ever, always, the first step in getting right is to see where you're wrong. You've been to amusement parks or you've been down into big cities where they have a walk-in park. And, and the first thing you walk up to is this big sign. And it's got a map of the whole area. And it's got that little check. What does it say? You are here. Now, you can get to anywhere in that park, but the first thing you got to know is where you are. See, if you, you can open a map of the whole United States, and you can get anywhere you want to go if you know where you are. But if you don't know where you are, then you don't know if you need to go north or south or east or west or right or left. If you don't know where you are in life, you can't ever get to happiness or joy or peace. You can't get to where you want to go until you know where you are. Most important question in life, where are you? Where are you? To be successful at anything, you're going to have to know where you are. We spend all of our time criticizing everybody else and what he said and what they didn't. Those folks down there, and what, where are you? Right now, today, where are you? Parents that still have kids in their home, it's shocking to me. They don't know where they are. 
They, they don't know. I'm not talking about logistically or physically. I'm talking about you are completely and totally unaware. Here's where, where's your kid? Where is that 13-year-old mentally? Where are they? Employees, where are you with your boss? Does your boss think you're doing a good job? Is your boss happy with the work you're putting out? Is the boss really thrilled at what you're producing? Where are you with your boss? Where are you financially? Do you know? Are you upside down in your car? Do you have a clue? Are you upside down in your house, in your car, on your credit card? Where are you financially? Today, the most important question is, where are you with the Lord? Yeah, I see you in church. We're all here. We're here. Glad to have you. Where are you with the Lord? Where are you today with the Lord? Where are you? When you're alone and nobody's watching, where are you with the Lord? Teenager, when no one is seeing you and you're on the internet, where are you with the Lord? Husbands, your wife's out of town. Where are you? Where are you? God wants you to know. God knows. You can, you can trust me on this. God knows. God wants you to know right now in life, are you in a good place? Are you in a bad place right now? You need to know that because you'll never get in life where you want to go until you first understand where you are. Do you honestly, do you correctly answer the first and most important question today where are you? I want you to also know this is not a one-time-and-done question. With every head bowed, every eye closed, and nobody looking around, slip your hand up, slip it right back down. Now we're good to go. Don't ever ask that question again. You're good. Well, but you don't ever not ask that question. You don't ever not ask that question. For some of us, we have to ask that question on pretty much an hourly basis, because it's pretty regular I get mad. Okay, whoa, 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 where are you? Where, where are you right now? Somebody just made you mad. Hold on. You feel that red coming up in your neck. Ask yourself, wait just a minute, where are you right now? Somebody said something very hurtful to you. Cut you to the core. Hold on. Where are you? I mean, I can't do anything about what they said or what they're doing. I can't do anything about that. Where are you right now? You're married, guys, but you didn't go blind. And this good-looking lady walks by. Ho, whoa, 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 ho, ho, men, where are you? Where are you right now? Women, you and your husband are not getting along. He's not suiting you. You're in your boss's office, and y'all are just really connecting right now. Whoa, 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 where are you? you right now. See, it's a daily question. It's an hourly question. For somebody like me, it's just pretty much minute by minute. Just, okay, hold on. Where are you right now? You're in a car with all your besties, and one of them says, hey, man, let's go get us some beer. Hold on. Where are you? See, it's not a one-and-done question. It's the first question in the Bible because it's a vital question in our life. We're asking today, where are you? Let's move on to the second question. Chapter 4, verse 9. In that verse, we find the second and the third question. The second question is, where is your brother? 
more than ever today, we live in such a self-centered era. We make decisions with not one thought about how this will hurt anybody else. We make decisions without one thought about how this will affect anybody else. Where, where is your brother? You know, we came into church this morning to get something for me. And if I'm not being ministered to, if I'm not being blessed, then I'm going to go somewhere else. What about question number two? Where's your brother? Where are the other people that you are friends with, that you have relationships with, that you're, before you jump up and go and do something, you've got to ask yourself a question, where is the one sitting next to you right now? As you came in this morning and went into the coffee shop, where is that one sitting over by themselves at a table in the coffee shop? Where is the one that you just passed by in the foyer? On your job, at work, the boss yelled at you this week. Did you ask, I wonder where my boss is. wonder what's going on. wonder what she's going through. wonder what personal issues are in her life. You know, I might better pray for her this week. You know, I might better just go put my arm around my boss and just say, I appreciate you. Thank you for giving me a job. I want you to know I'm grateful to you and I'm praying for you. But no, we're going to cop an attitude and get mad and who dare talk to me like that. What are you asking? Where's your brother? Hold on. Where's your boss? Why, why, why did he say that? Why, where is, you know, in school, your teacher badly mishandled you. Your teacher was horrible. Your teacher badly mishandled you. Did you ask, wonder where she is? Wonder what's going on in her life? When your kid came home from school and told you something awful that your teacher said or did, did you jump on your kid's side and you're going to go down there and I'm going to give that teacher a piece of my mind? Or did the first thought that hit your mind go, man, wonder where she is. wonder where my kid's school teacher is. You know, I, I, I think I'll bake her a cake. I think I'll just send her a little appreciation card. Let her know the parents in this class love her, grateful to her for laying her life down for making far less money than she could make at another job just to teach my kid. I think I, I better, your kid comes home and tells you something horrible that the teacher said or did or handled them. What was your first thought? I better make them a cake. I better make them an appreciation card and just tell them how grateful I am. to. See, do we ever ask ourselves the second question? Hold on, where's your brother? Where's your brother? You know, in today's self-absorbed era, it's what I need. It's what's best for me. It's what I want. And I hear this all the time. Well, Tim, right now, this is just best for me and my family. Well, isn't that nice? Do you ever ask yourself, I wonder what's best for all the people around me? I wonder what's best for those that I've been involved with. I wonder what it, what's best for those that I've been a leader in their group. I wonder what's best for the group that I'm in. See, in this self-absorbed era, some way, somehow, we've got to see the question, where is my brother? You know, church, Jesus was very clear on who your brother is. The Apostle Paul is very clear on who your brother is. Very clear, it's those around us doing the will of God. That's who they are. Before you do anything, before you go anywhere, before you say anything, ask yourself, where will this leave those around me? What will this do to others? What will they do? Got some late breaking news. 
Don't turn the channel. News alert. You're not the only concern here. That's a news alert for this era. You and what you're thinking and what you're going... You're not the only concern here. You're not only in church today for yourself, but you're here to be involved in those people in your connect group. You're here for the one sitting behind you. You're here for the one that you had coffee with in the coffee shop that you came to church early and met there. You hear giving today. You hear giving today. Some of you are here every single Sunday, and every single Sunday you pay your tithe and you give your offering in these baskets. Do you know you're affecting teenagers' lives in our youth group that you'll never see? Do you know you're enabling our Christian school, K through the 12th grade, to raise, to train, and to teach young men and young women, get them an education that will take them in life, and they're not getting shot at, they're not... Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You hear being here today, I could go on and on and on. You hear that pay your tithes, come every week, and give your money into this basket. Are you aware that today you just fed between three and 400 children today and tomorrow and the next day. In Honduras, our money, we are feeding between three and 400 children their only meal of the day. That's what you just did when you came down here. See, that supersedes how you felt about the sermon or what you felt about church or I don't think. See, you're doing something here for other people. Where is my brother? Where are the folks in Honduras that we're feeding? We're feeding children their one meal a day, and we're teaching them how to read. Kids that have no other way of learning how to read, we're teaching them how to read, and we're feeding them their only meal. And we do that because some people hadn't quit, but they're here every week putting their money in these baskets. See, if everyone in here goes somewhere else and does something else and has church in their heart on the golf course, then we don't have 40 to 50 kids in children's ministry. What do we have, 60 here Friday? We don't have 60 kids that were here on church property that we're pouring into. See, before you decide to do something else or go somewhere else or just you don't have a need for church anymore, the second question in the Bible is, where's your brother? We'll talk about this from time to time. But for me, I don't drink root beer out of a long neck brown bottle. I'm not going to drive down the road in my truck and one of the young people in our church see me, a member of this church, drinking out of a long neck brown bottle. I just had root beer in it. What's wrong with that? Come on. Come on. I don't have a glass of alcohol at my table at the Italian restaurant. I don't preach in a Speedo. <laughs> Show me in the Bible where it's wrong for me to wear a Speedo when I preach. Where's my brother? He wouldn't be here. Some of you would. Look, there's a long list of things I don't do, not because God said don't do them, but because I got to ask that second question, where's my brother? Long list of places I don't go. Not because I can show you in the Bible where that's wrong. No, I don't do that because the second question in the Bible is, where's my brother? I got to ask, where, where are those around me? 
Well, Tim, I just have church on the golf course. I get away from people, and that's where I'm closest to God. Tim, I have church out in the woods where nobody is around me. That's where I feel close to God. Well, that's just great. Except you're not asking yourself the second question in the Bible. What are you doing for somebody else? What are you doing for somebody else? What are you doing out in the woods to get others closer to God? What are you doing to get others in this church coming week in and week out hearing the foundational fundamental principles of the word that over three or four years of them being in our church would change their entire worldview from an ungodly worldview to a biblical worldview and you were very instrumental in getting them to church, meeting them in the coffee shop and sitting with them every single Sunday morning for the next three years. See, we got to ask ourselves, number one, where are you? But number two, real direction for our life is, where's your brother? Let's move on to question number three. In life, we often ask questions to reveal the obvious answer. We see a guy's arms full of boxes, heavy boxes, and you yell out, Want me to get the door? I mean, duh. We ask the obvious question. The obvious answer doesn't even need to be answered. It's obviously yes, and you run and you get the door after asking the question, and nobody responded. Here, you want me to get the door? And you get it. And nobody said, no, that's okay. I'll get it myself. Question number three, am I my brother's, some of your translations say guardian. Some of your translations say keeper. The obvious answer to that is so obvious, God doesn't even respond. See, the guy doesn't even respond, yes, I do. The guy just is groaning under the heavy load of boxes, and you run and open the door. After having asked the question, nobody answered it. And that's what we've got here, an obvious question that's not answered, because the obvious question is obviously yes. You and I clearly, throughout all of our owner's manual, we clearly see we are to be others-centered. And in this very self-absorbed era that we're in today, we've got to remind ourselves that all of Scripture is teaching us to be others-focused. On and on and on I could read Jesus' teaching. If someone makes you go a mile, go two miles with them. Oh, Jesus, when did we see you naked and hungry and when, and clothes? He said, when you did it to the least of these? Hey, you want to be great? Here's the way you become great. Be a servant of all. We could just go on and on and on into Jesus' teachings about being others-centered. You can write this down in ink. There is no joy. There is no fulfillment in being self-centered, self-absorbed, and living a selfish life. There is no joy in that, and you will never find any joy in that. I read a story of a man who stood before God, pretty upset, Dear God, I just look at all the suffering, look at the distress, look at the anguish in the world. Why didn't you send some help? And God responded, I did send help, I sent you. I read this years ago. Religion is not a fantasy projected upward, but a call received inward toward others. We're created to tend the garden, and to be a servant of all. We're created to be others-centered. The reason I know that is because that's when you are the happiest. 
What makes you happiest? To get a present or to give one that somebody really likes? It's in giving that you receive. What makes you the very happiest in life is the time you did something for somebody else and was a real blessing to them. Clearly throughout the Bible, cover to cover, it shows us where to live under a huge responsibility toward other people. The first three questions in the Bible are a key. Question number one, where are you? Question number two, where is your brother? Question number three, am I my brother's keeper? It's very interesting if you hadn't noticed. Out of three questions, one of them is about you. Two of them is about others. We've got to be twice as focused on others as we are ourselves if you want life to work for you. Each day, each day, ask yourself, where are you? Where are you? Where is your mind right now? Where are your thoughts right now? Don't let your mind run away from you. You need to know where you are every moment. Each day, ask yourself, where are those around you? And yes, you are responsible for others. Y'all stand. Lord, today we thank you for giving us direction for our life. Lord, as we approach daily these three questions, let our life be lived pleasing to you and on course with your plan for us. Right now, if there's those in here that you're not where you need to be, if there's those in here that you're not where you need to be with the Lord, Right now would be a good time. Right now would be a good time for you to get yourself lined back up with God. Father, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I ask you to forgive me in the areas that I've blown it. And Lord, I put myself back with you at my center. Come on, right now, if you're not right with the Lord, don't leave here without getting yourself lined up. Where are you with the Lord? Where are you with the Lord? Let's get ourselves lined up and leave here right with God. Father, we thank you for your wisdom and your direction for us. Continue to guide our life as we live it pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. On your way out, find three mothers to hug and say happy Mother's Day to. God bless you and have a great day. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.